Ever feel like you're doing this teaching thing alone? You don't have to be. Share Teaching is all about sharing the workload through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Together, we'll walk through all the difficult parts of teaching and learn how to streamline our processes, fine-tune our time management, and develop a more manageable workload. If that sounds like a dream come true to you, then welcome to the Shared Teaching Podcast. Let's share in the teaching to make those dreams a reality. Now here's today's Shared Teaching. Welcome back to the Shared Teaching Podcast. I'm Susan, and we are listening to episode 17, where we're talking about how to choose a mentor text. So if you're not familiar with mentor texts, they are simply books that you're reading that give students an example of what you are looking for. So it's kind of like a mini mentor. And a lot of teachers use these for reading and writing purposes, especially if you're using the workshop models. So a mentor text really anchors a student's learning and it's showing them that great example of what we want them to understand or do themselves. So I use mentor text a lot in my writing units and I really, I read mostly picture books and the picture books give such great rich examples of how an author uses words to tell these stories or provide the information if it's a nonfiction text. So I like to pick out some mentor texts that really showcase what it is that I want students to learn. Like, what is my goal of that mini lesson? What is my goal of that unit? And then when I'm picking those mentor texts, I'm looking for that big picture, which we'll talk about a little bit um, coming up. So the other thing is a mentor text is an example of what you want students to have accomplished and also what they want to learn, right? So if it's a reading mentor text, you're looking for, you know, maybe character descriptions, points of view, comparing and contrasting stories. So you're looking for mentor texts that can kind of give you a lot of bang for your buck. So usually when you pick out a mentor text, it's going to be a text that you can use in multiple ways and maybe in reading and in writing. So for that example I just gave you with the character development, a good one for that is like Mean Jean, the Recess Queen, one of my favorite books. I actually use it as a mentor text in my writing units. And Mean Jean, if you don't know, is a bully. And the word choice in that book is just phenomenal. It's engaging. The kids love it. It's an easy book to read several times over that kind of captures the student's attention. And they're interested in it because it's relatable. So that's something to always consider. So with Mean Jean, I'll read it for a reading lesson where we're talking about what is this character? Like, how are they feeling? What are their thoughts? How do we know this? And really finding that the text evidence of why Mean Jean is the way she is or how do we know she's a bully? What tells us in the book? So referencing back to the story. And then in writing, we use how does the author describe Mean Jean? And how can we use those same kind of words in our own stories? So the first tip I have when you're finding a mentor text is we want to make sure the 
mentor text is going to model your expectations. So again, if I am doing an expository writing unit, I want to look at my end goals. And when I'm looking at the standards for expository writing, it says that the student should have an introduction, a conclusion, they should use those transition words or sequence words, and we want them to have some text features. I don't think that's in the standards, but that's something that I like to add in because text features are always very engaging and a lot of fun for the kids to draw and create when they go to publish their stories. So I'm looking for a mentor text that's going to have a majority of those items. Now, they might not necessarily have all of them, so I might pick more than one mentor text as I'm studying a unit. So in my expository writing, I might use two different mentor texts because one might have an amazing introduction while another one might be really great at text features. And then the two of them combined are going to have all those things that I'm looking for that I also expect in a student's final writing. So with the mentor text, you also want to make sure that it is engaging. You should love it because you're going to be reading it a lot, especially if you teach multiple years. So each year you're going to reread these books, these mentor texts that you have collected. And you want to make sure your students love them because they want to listen to them again and again. They want to reread them when they're put out in the library. So you want to make sure that it's a book that everyone can fall in love with. And that is hard for the most part to find everyone loving the same book. But if a majority of the class loves it, then it won't be so hard to have them sit and be engaged with that story as you keep rereading it. So the other thing about being engaging is that you don't always have to read the whole book all the way through. I do recommend the first time you're using the book to just kind of read it for enjoyment. And then when it's time to do the lesson, maybe you're just pulling out a page or two that applies to the lesson. So you can really kind of focus in on the skill that you're talking about for that day. So for example, if I'm talking about amazing conclusions, I might find several of my previously read books and read all of those books for the conclusion to get students an idea of how I can do different conclusions. So in that case, my mentor text is just the end of those books. The last tip I have is that you want the books to be accessible. And by that, I mean you want them get them in the students' hands, which is very difficult, I know, having class sets of things. But what I mean by that is maybe you want to enlarge pages, um, photocopy go. them, show them under a document camera. Um, text because if you're examples, just sitting in a chair holding up the book for a read aloud and the students are far away from you, it's going to be really hard for them to pick up some of those details, especially if you're talking about details in illustrations or the way the words are in print on the pages. Because a lot of the skills an author will use about like bold words or italic words. It's really hard to see that from across the carpet or sitting at their desk while you're reading the mentor text. So I highly suggest either photocopying the pages you're talking about and making sure students have a copy of that so they can like look at it, read it, highlight it, color it, whatever you need them to do with the text or the pictures, circle things that they find, kind of like those hidden object pictures. (laughs) 
<laughs> you might say, okay, circle all the things you notice about how the character is eating their dinner. And they might circle details that they see in the picture. You can't do that if you just give them the actual book because you don't want them to ruin the book, right? So having photocopies of it is a really great idea. Having them engage with the text in some way. So for that might be you give them a copy of a sentence and then ask them to try to write their own similar sentence using the same style that the author wrote. And that's a really great way to practice using the mentor text to model what is expected from them. And then also um, we talked about dissecting the illustrations. So years ago, I stumbled across an amazing teacher called Jessica Meacham, M-E-A-C-H-A-M. If I can still find her, I will link her in the show notes. She used to have an amazing blog where she detailed everything about her first grade classroom. And when I first started teaching first grade, I was so lost. And she was like a great mentor to me, even though she didn't even know it. She actually put out her lesson plans, her ideas about how she's modeling and teaching her units. I mean, she gave you everything on her website for free. And today, I think a smaller fraction of the things are up on her website for free. But the one thing that I found super amazing was her personal narrative writing unit. Or, yeah, writing unit. And so I had taken that and modeled my own personal narrative writing unit years and years ago. And it's similar to like you, um, Lucy Calkins, maybe, if you've heard of her. And what she did was she put an anchor chart, like a huge anchor chart, And then she broke that anchor chart down into smaller sections. And then each section was specific to a mentor text that she was reading as she went through her personal narrative unit. So each time she read a book that was a personal narrative, the students dissected it. They talked about the beginning, middle, and end. They talked about the characters. They talked about the events in the story. They talked about the wording in the story. And all of this was written on an anchor chart. And then above the anchor chart, Jessica had photocopied a picture of the mentor text that she was using and glued it to the anchor chart. So by the time the unit's over, students have, you know, maybe like 10 different pictures of these filled in, you know, beginning, middle, and end plot charts that are all connected on one anchor chart. So I did the same thing in my classroom, and it took up probably half of my classroom walls. <laughs> like, it just stretched really far across them. And I probably went a little bit overboard with the anchor chart size, but it was my second year in teaching. But I found it really phenomenal. I thought the students learned so much. They got so much out of that unit. And so I've been using mentor text ever since. And I hope if you are listening to this podcast that you're going to give mentor text a try if you haven't yet done it. And then the writing units that I've been talking about, I hate selling myself, <laughs> but they're, they're so amazing. And I really hope I'm going to get them done pretty soon. They're digital units but they can also be projected on a whiteboard and taught whether students are in class, in person with you, whether they're hybrid or whether they're strictly digital. I've used it in all three situations and I've had some really good results with it. So hopefully that's coming out by the end of summer. I'm 
wanting at least the first unit out by the end of this month, which is now April. And so that's it. So mentor text, make sure it models your expectations for what you're expecting for the end of the unit or the end of the mini lesson that you're teaching students. You want to make sure that that mentor text is very engaging because most likely you're going to read it again and again. And you want to make sure that it's accessible to students, that they're looking at it, they're interacting with it. Maybe they're writing examples of sentences using the mentor text as a model. And the last thing I want to say that I haven't mentioned yet is that when you choose a mentor text, it doesn't have to be from someone else's list. If you're looking at it and it's really good for what your expectations are, then by all means, use it. I know there's tons of lists out there. All you got to do is go to Pinterest or open Google and just type, you know, mentor text for personal narratives, and you're going to get a slew of them. So I highly recommend you read them first, maybe get them from your local library. I used to do this a lot too. So new teacher tip, (laughs) check out books from your local library use them in your classroom, and then return them when you're done with the unit. I did this a lot when I was looking for like nonfiction books for the kids to research and use. Maybe there wasn't enough books in the school library about like dolphins or whales or maybe the other first grade teachers or second grade teachers are doing the same units at the same time and there's just not enough books to go around. The library is an excellent resource for free books You just have to keep a careful eye on them so that they don't disappear or um, get destroyed while kids are using and loving them. But anyway, that's, that's my spiel. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And stay tuned for next week where I am bringing you more tips on Wednesdays. If you've loved this show, then join me in sharing the teaching. Hitting that subscribe button. And leaving us a review on iTunes. So we can be found by more teachers like you who are ready to start sharing the workload. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Find new episodes each week on shareteaching.com. Thanks for listening to the Share Teaching Podcast. So, um, the, uh, um,